are back. I am Eric. He is Paul. We are ginormous and this is the Fat Packs Podcast brought to you by Top Shelf Breaks. What's up, Paul? Saw, dude. Saw, man. How are you doing this morning? Man, I'm hungry. You hungry? I had no breakfast this morning. No breakfast for Paul. No, man. Wife's out of town running around with my head chopped off and uh, yeah. 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 Got here late, leaving early. You know, one of those days. <laughs> nice. So That's, That happens from time to time. It does. Um. You know, with, with with kids and your wife's out of town, you, you gotta you know play play dad. <laughs> yeah, play dad, mom, mom, uh, taxi driver, yeah. Uber driver, all that stuff. All that stuff, man. I think I think as a as a as a culture of people, men really forget how much their wives do sometimes. Sometimes, yeah, for and then, sure. Then we run into situations like this. Like today is my son's birthday, Lucas's birthday. Right, right, Happy right. birthday, ha- Lucas! Yep, uh, turning the big one. What's he feel about that? I don't, you know, I, I don't think uh, he cares. <laughs> so, but she, but my poor wife, she's she's today is also his one year checkup. Ah, uh, so she's scuttling him off to that, and she's got to come home because we have a right. He'll probably get some shot and be grumpy yeah, the rest exactly, of the day. Yeah. And, oh, what a horrible birthday! It's okay. He's uh he 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 doesn't he could he couldn't care less. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so, so it it's been it's a busy busy time for us in our lives here personally at home, but. It's also a busy time here in the sports collecting world with uh, new products and pricing on the docket. Yeah, man. New, what's up? What's up with new, new just, products? Just two this week. Okay. Just two worth mentioning. All right. um, you know, last week was such a big week with so much stuff. I, I figured this week would be a little light. Um, but Tops, you know, came through again with their five star mm-hmm. baseball. Um, very cool stuff, man. One thirty five yeah. a box, one pack, two cards. So you know, like we say, high risk, high reward. Um, but the nice thing about the two cards is, is they're guaranteed on card autos. One pack, two cards. Yeah, one pack, two cards. One thirty-five. Um, nice retired checklist. A okay. lot of big names in there. Uh, a lot of stars in there. So, obviously, um, if that's your cup of tea, go check it out. Cards are beautiful as always. Um, but yeah, that's from Tops. One thirty-five. Get your two on card autos. Also from Tops, they put out a WWE then, now, and forever Ever. wrestling. Um, and that just looked really cool. Um, what they did was they did a great selection of today's superstars and uh, legends. Threw some legends in there as well. Uh, two hits per box, one auto guaranteed. Uh, and, of course, they have the kiss cards, which everybody seems everybody to like. Everybody loves kiss cards. They do. I don't know why. I don't know quite what the appeal is, but people dig the kiss cards. That's the product that um, uh, Susan was talking about a couple weeks ago. Yep, when yep. She was on the show with us. That's really cool. Uh, new product, new pricing wise, you say that uh, Phoenix. Yep, Phoenix, Panini Phoenix and Panini Prism shall be done by tomorrow, which will be Friday. If you guys, when you guys are listening, um, we'll have those up and ready for the weekend. Awesome. And then I have a message here from Matt. 
that he has the garbage, the new Garbage Pail Kids done. Boom. What, is, what is this one called? This is all your alley, dude. This is. No, I love Garbage Pail uh, Kids. Garbage Pail Kids Battle of the Bands. Battle of the Bands, yes. 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 So that one's all priced up for you. And I'm sure by the time we get done recording this and walk over back to our desk that there will be some more new pricing that we've missed. I'm sure he'll have 18 more Funkos yeah, priced yeah, in the system. Because they seem to come out at, at big clips a day, man. Yeah. 10, 15, 20 a day. It's un- unreal. He's a pricing machine. That he is. Like If he, they cloned him, yes. man, it would just be crazy. <laughs> it really would. It would be crazy. It really would. I'm starting pricing today on the cup. The so, cup. Uh, everybody, I'm going to use your thoughts, <laughs> prayers, uh, good vibes, whatever whatever you want to send out into the universe for me, I'm going to need you to send that my way. You mean way. those, uh, those uh, RPAs out of 99 are hard to price? Uh, some of them are <laughs> definitely hard to price. Those, you know, I was off on some of those prices. I thought they were going to be in the thousands of dollars, and my, Matthew's is. Right, Matthew, yeah. But the other ones just kind of, eh. No, not as much as we thought. Huh? Yeah, not as much as we thought. Like, Nylander's getting been kind of disappointing, actually, so. Yeah, well. Happens. It does happen. But you know, but the nice thing is it's a huge product. We know what the ceiling is on that product. Yeah. You know what I mean? It can just at any time. So any of those guys take off, get hot, have a good couple weeks, they'll uh they'll go up. They definitely will go up. Uh, speaking of the cup, uh, have you noticed that we're giving away a, a ten of the cup? <laughs> How can I not notice <laughs> we're giving away a thing of the cup? I'm getting messages, and and I don't even pay that much attention to the Twitter feed, so um, and all that stuff. So it's yeah. crazy. People are messaging you, really? Yeah, man. At, are they asking if they can win? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, no, you can't. Yeah, yeah exactly. Pretty much. <laughs> no, you cannot. In fact, we're going to uh, put a rule in place right now. If you ask if you can win, the answer is no. The answer, the answer, is, answer no. is no, you will not be winning. No, you're not winning. Jeez. I, people do but it all the time. That's every contest, I know, people, though, man. It doesn't matter if it's a $5 auto or a $700 box of cards. Yeah. You know, they're always asking, man. People do it all the time, and I, I find it strange uh, because we're putting fun. Thankfully, I know that I that it's not for me, and I think it's I, I don't know all your group of friends, but I, I would th- I think it's safe to say that our group of friends don't ask us if we can win because they right right know. it's always that like obscure kind of acquaintance right. you might have talked to one time exactly yeah, like dude hey, you know you helped me with a price on this can I win this box you know and just, yeah well, absolutely yeah <laughs> no jeez <laughs> that's uh that's always fun to to deal with uh, the 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 people that. Just think that, and I love the sob stories too. The sob stories are fun. Oh yeah, and man! You know, I can never afford this. This would be really so cool for me to open, and yada yada yada. Right, right, right. I've been out of work for six months. Yeah. Blah, blah. Yeah. You know, just, I I understand that people run into hard times. I do. I get it. You know I what? Do. Been I, there, done that. Yeah. I cannot afford a box of the cup. Heck no. And but I wouldn't. I don't think I would ever go this far as to say, "Hey, can I win this?" Because I can't pay for it. Right. I guess they're trying to pull out the heartstrings. Yeah, the heartstrings, the invisible string. Yeah. The problem is we're so big, it takes a long time to get to our heart. So there's some big big strings. And we're heavy. And so if you're actually moving us, we're like playing an oboe. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's crazy. That's so crazy. So that giveaway is going on right now. We also have another really cool giveaway, courtesy of one uh, legacy sports art, uh, Jamie Thomas. He has drawn, he has. it's a piece of art is really what it is. It's great, man. It it's really is. a great is. picture of, uh, of uh, Connor, Connor McDavid. David. Just fantastic. It's a five by seven piece, and it's got an inch border around around it. Perfect for framing. Perfect Already set for up framing. for you. Yeah. Yep. So, um, and Jamie will sign it. Uh, that's running right now, and it's going to end the day that we go to Toronto. Okay. Good deal. So, uh, hopefully, if somebody from Toronto and is wins it and is at the 
at the ex- expo, we can give it away. There you go. So uh, that's going on right now. Uh, again, like Paul said, it's beautiful. It's a great piece. I, I hope you guys don't uh, don't let the cup overshadow this this one of a kind piece of art. Yeah, yeah. Don't <laughs> sleep on it. That's for yeah, sure. So uh, go get in, entered into that. And I, guess, I think that's about it for. But for don't tell away. us that you're entering into it. Yeah. Like, don't, uh, don't worry about the cup. Just send me the yeah. David. Don't don't send us yeah, those PMs. Don't do that. Um, I think that's about it for giveaways that we're running right now, right? I think so. I mean, yeah, I think so. I mean, we're going to have tons of stuff to give away up in Toronto. I've been uh I've been uh rummaging through the uh the hockey boxes back there picking okay. up every leaf that I can find that is of note. Gotcha. To bring Using back. a rake? Uh yeah. <laughs> Using a rake. <laughs> Using a rake to get through there. Get those leaves up. Um so uh, to to bring up there to give away and we're going to have fun with that uh with those giveaways. Looking forward to seeing our, our all of our friends and uh I'll call them family. I'll call Why them friends man? and family. Why not, man? I'll call them friends and family up there. Uh, going to be fun. You, me, and Priscilla are running. The, uh, you, we're just running you, it, dude. We're just, Whatever. Are we really running though? No, no. <laughs> it's a quick waddle. Quick waddle. Quick waddle. So we'll run it. We're running the uh, the magazine sales side. I'm, I'm going I'm to be honest with you. Priscilla's running that. <laughs> yeah, we're just there for. <laughs> we're just there. We're probably there to pick them up. <laughs> yeah, probably <laughs> set them up. Yeah. So and, uh, and the giveaway stuff, you know, the yeah, scavenger the hunts stuff, and right? stuff that we're doing. So we'll be behind the scenes on that, helping out. And uh, you know, doing what we do up there, so looking forward to it. I tweeted out a picture of the the. Did you get one of those sets? I did. Priscilla dropped one off to me. Sweet. Yes. So I, I tweeted out a picture of the uh, the redemption promo promo set. Digging it. Courtesy of Universal Universal uh, Distribution up there in Canada, uh, and man, it's all Leafs. All Leafs. It's pretty nice. It is all and, Beckett covers. Yep. The who's who of of people. Exactly. So, so um, that's going to be going strong. And we're, we're now I'm just ready to go. Yeah. I looked at the weather. So the, it's going to be in the 90s here most of the week. Love it. And <laughs> November in Texas. I looked at the weather in Toronto. Uh, it's not going to be above 40. Beautiful. Like 45 at the most. Beautiful. You know what? I haven't seen my breath in a long time. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Looking, <laughs> looking forward to it. As weird as that may sound. <laughs> All right, man. Uh, before we move on and set up the show, I want to give a big shout out to uh, at bmarvin six one six, a follower on Twitter and a new friend of mine because he helped me out tremendously yesterday. Uh, I broke a case of twenty seventeen Panini Prism football. Yes, you did. Beautiful. And Beautiful I've cards. never, ever, 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 ever done a rainbow i've never completed a rain i've never even attempted a rainbow right right what? it's not easy it's not yeah it's not easy so uh i i decided uh, on a whim that i would take the take whatever player i had the most colors of okay and create a create a rainbow or okay. do a rainbow and that happened to be carlos hyde all right i'm not a niners fan i don't even care about ohio state but hey but He's a he's a he's a semi star in the league yep. and go for it yeah shoot so, why not and he, he's, he's affordable yeah. yeah plus Checked out his name on Twitter. Yeah, El Guapo. Really love it. Nice. I like El Guapo. Nice. <laughs> so, nice. Um, so not only now you're you're going this rainbow, you're also you might becoming a fan. I might be. Yeah, I might have. I don't think he's going to be a Niner for much longer. Probably if, if he's lucky. Yeah, if he's lucky. <laughs> <laughs> so, he's lucky, he'll get out of there. Uh, speaking of speaking of that, we got to talk about the trade deadline over in Beckett. What was because. If you're the Browns. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> goodness. We'll yeah. talk about that later. Um, so uh, I want to give a big shout-out to uh, B-Marv, uh, B-Marvin616 on Twitter for hooking it up with the bronze 
number to six. That's so cool that he did that. It really was. Uh, thank you very much, sir. I really appreciate that. I was actually, you and I, you know this, I was going back and forth with a seller on eBay. Right. And we couldn't come to terms. We could not. We could not. And then he's like, hey, man, I got this. I want to send it to you. So thank you very much. Boom. Help awesome. me out. Uh, I I think I have, what is it, 20 something prisms? I don't know, dude. It's so many. And There's then, a lot. And some people consider one, one, one way rainbow and some right. don't count in the rainbow. And right. Whatever, dude. So, Just do you. Whatever you feel like doing, <laughs> do it. I think I have eight right now. Nice. So I started with four. And you're up to eight? I think I'm up to eight. All right. So, so if, you, if there's a super fractor out there yeah. or a vinyl. Yeah. I need, a, I need a vinyl need a and vinyl. I need a, a black finite. A black finite. That's what they are. Yep. Black so uh, I do have a vinyl um, Brian Hoyer. You do. Which I will be happy to move. I'm <laughs> sure you will. <laughs> And I think he'll be happy to move too. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh man. So, so what else we got going on today? Um well we're gonna talk about the World Series that happened last night. There was a game? There was a game. Okay. Did you know that there was a game? Yeah, I knew about it. I you know. Yeah. Poor so, Dodgers. Exactly. <laughs> Whatever. So uh we're talk we'll talk about the World Series a little bit later and uh but coming up first we have a great, great interview set up with Reed Tucker. Dude, dude should be a comedian. He's be honest. He was great. I loved Reed. I loved the conversation. He wrote a book called Slugfest, and this is going to wrap up our. He's going to wrap up our Slamoween slash comic book kind of thing going on. Right, right. Um, the month of October that we had going. Man, I I couldn't have been more pleased with with Reed and this book. It's a great book. I'm about ten chapters in. I'm almost done with it. It's it's funny, but. You you guys will hear in the in the interview. It reads like a spy novel. That's awesome. <laughs> it's a spy totally novel. Awesome about DC and Marvel going back and hating on each other and like you know what I see now that we're talking about this. Yeah, what's up? Slugfest. Yeah, the movie. The movie. Why not? They, who plays Stanley? Uh, you know I don't know Stanley. <laughs> well, he's ninety three. <laughs> yeah, he's ninety three. To play a younger Stanley, I don't know, but it, uh, but it would be interesting. I'm just saying. It's a. Uh, Putting it, it out there, it would be interesting. Hollywood pay attention. Hollywood pay attention. It it was a, it's a fun read. It was a great interview, and uh, since we we are now in the grading of comic books business, it is. I figured out why not why not celebrate by interviewing Reed Tucker. Yeah, no, it was we did we did well. I think I think we did well. Reed was fun, and he is welcome back anytime. And then uh, on on the other end of that interview, we're gonna come back with a little bit of uh, Paul's favorite thing, the Fat Packs mailbag. Yes, sir. So uh, we got all that coming up. You guys hang tight, and we'll be right back after these messages. This is Jamie Thomas, sports artist, and you're listening to Beckett Radio. All right, guys, we are back after that quick break. And joining us on the phone now uh, is the guy that we were telling you about in the first segment. His name is Reed Tucker. He's pretty awesome. He's a freelance uh, journalist. He's, he's done some amazing work. And he also wants to apologize to you for having a .NET wet website. Uh, but he's, <laughs> he's, he's wrote a great book called Slugfest that's, that chronicles the, uh, the last 50 years of the battle, the uh, kind of the secret war, if you will. There, there's your comic book reference. There you go. Between Marvel and DC, uh, I've I've read through about ten chapters of this read. I, I'm really digging it. But uh, thank you for joining the show. How are you doing, sir? No, I'm doing well. Thank you guys for having me on. And um, 
Yeah, I apologize. If anyone out there knows who's squatting on that .com address of readtucker.com, please let me know so I can um, take back what's rightfully mine. There you go. <laughs> so it's, it's weird how social media and .coms and things like that works. People will just go and buy, buy a name, buy the rights to the name, and they just, like you said, squat on it and not... Right. Not yeah. just hold on to it until somebody come wants, comes and wants it. This is what's happening. And they're squatting on me, who's a complete nobody, and they've been <laughs> doing it for like five years. They're thinking I'm going to pony up like 2500 bucks for my name. Uh-uh, man. <laughs> I'm going .NET, baby. <laughs> you will not win this one. That's so funny. <laughs> well, let's, let's start there, Reed. Why don't you tell our audience a little bit about yourself and some of the projects that you've worked on, Mr. Nobody? Yeah, exactly. No, I mean, I, you know, it's not very interesting, but I'm, I'm, um, I'm a newspaper reporter. I live in New York City, and for the last 10 years I've covered um, movies mostly, but also entertainment for the New York Post. Now I'm freelance. Um, I still do some work for the Post and some other people, but, yeah, I've spent the last year writing this, this book, Slugfest, so... Yeah, that's that's my story. I wish it were more interesting. <laughs> hey, look, man, you're surviving living in New York City for 10 years. That alone is worth writing a whole book just about that part of it. That's true, I know, but it's uh, it might be time to leave one of these days. It's getting too expensive. I move out with you guys. There you go. Everyone, That'll work. A, everyone has a pool out there. That's what I hear. Yeah, it's, everyone, it's very true. everyone has a pool here. You can move in with Finkel. Uh, thanks to John Finkel for, for hooking this up for us, but you can move in with Finkel, who has a pool in, in a very a very nice neighborhood. Yes. All right, done. done. <laughs> there you go. We should probably tell him that that's happening now. Yeah. <laughs> we'll let him know <laughs> after, after the show. All right, man. Well, let's talk about this uh, this this project Slugfest, man. It uh it pretty much details the uh, the all out war between Marvel and DC. So what what was inside of you that made you want to dig deeper and go and tell the story about the two companies? Yeah, I, for some reason, I've always been interested in, in rivalries, and um, I actually went to school at University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, and as you may know, they have this little rivalry with Duke University. Um, so I think that's what kind of got me interested in rivalries, and they've always been on my radar, and growing up as a comic book and a superhero fan, it just seemed natural, because, you know, I could always remember growing up, and I don't know if you guys remember this, but like kids on the playground used to argue about dumb stuff like, Thor could totally beat up Superman, or Marvel is better than DC, and um, nowadays, though, with social media, you see it more and more when people are arguing online about the movies, so it hasn't gone away. If anything, the rivalry and the resentment between the fans has gotten bigger, because now they can express themselves online, so that kind of is what sparked the idea for me, and I started looking into it, and it seemed like an interesting story, um, which I hope it turned out to be. So far, so good. I like it a lot. Uh, Paul's Paul's catching up with me. Uh, yeah, when he talked, we started talking about Slugfest, man. I was thinking, I was thinking home runs. Uh, that's, that's what I was right. thinking. I, I wasn't thinking like this kind of Slugfest, but I, I, you know. right. Well, we're exactly we're trying to trick some baseball fans into buying the book, um, <laughs> and then they'll get it and they'll be like, "What is this?" Yeah, there's a you know there's a video game called Slugfest too. I guess sure, that's true. I didn't know. Let's well, it looks like out. a home run so far. All right. Oh, hey. <laughs> Good reference. There you yeah. go. Nice callback, Paul. Uh, all right, so when you started your research into the writing process, did you have a favorite of the two companies? And uh, did anything change from, from your opinion? I mean, I, you know, I probably preferred Marvel a bit more growing up. Um, and now I, I really prefer Marvel, especially when it comes to the movies. Um, it's amazing to see how consistent they've been through the years, you know, since the release of the first Marvel Studios movie, which was Iron Man, I think back in 2008. And 
each movie has been almost bigger than the last, and meanwhile, the DCs, it looks a little lost to me. They're just sort of careening around like, you know, a drunk driver and just smashing into a wall. <laughs> I, I don't know quite what they're doing. Um, so, I mean, that's my own personal opinion. I don't like their movies, but I don't think anyone could argue that they have, like, a cohesive plan. So I think, um, you know, Marvel is definitely winning the war, both in publishing and, and films. See, the, I, I know a lot of people, though, that would, not I don't know them, but I hear that would maybe argue the other side and say that um, DC is better. But it's such, it is such a war, and I can tell you most positively that it is a war because my seven-year-old at home goes back and forth between between Batman and and Iron Man like it's you know the flavor of the week. So this this week we have Thor coming out on Friday, and then in two yeah. weeks we have uh what. Whatever that Justice League movie is coming out, so I, I I'm trying to ingrain in him that Thor is the better option. <laughs> nice, but he he's like he's holding on to that Batman love, right? So uh, Ben Affleck no, sucks. Yeah, of course. <laughs> you you got to steer him towards something you want to see. You know, exactly. I, I understand that completely. Exactly. Oh, that's funny. All right, so when in creating this book and, and doing this project, what were some of the more interesting things that stood out to you? Um, you know, that you came across that you might not have known. Oh, man, there was so much, but, um, you know, I know you guys are into collecting, and, I, you know, I also am into collecting, and so one of the things that really stood out for me was the amount of money involved, especially the amount of money that some of these guys were making. Um, you know, I, I sort of went into it thinking that comic books are these disposable things printed on newsprint, and the industry is a little bit trashy, but, you know, there was this boom time, especially during the 1990s, where some of the top artists were making, like, a mint, like millions and millions of dollars. Uh, and there was one story in the book where some of the checks for the top artists would come into the, um, the office, you know, sealed in an envelope, and the assistant editors would grab the checks, and they would hold them up to the light to see, you know, how much money were these guys making. And they couldn't see the exact amount, but all they saw was, like, this long line of zeros, you know, that these guys were making just from like one issue of the X-Men or whatever, or one issue of Superman. So it was ridiculous. And the writer of, of Marvel's X-Men at the time, Chris Claremont, he literally bought a plane. I mean, it's ridiculous. Wow. But that, that to me was really fascinating because people don't think that these people are making this amount of money, but this guy's flying around in a private plane like he, he's in Donald Trump's cabinet. Wow, that's uh, now I'm, I'm Paul. We're in the wrong business. We are. Yet again. Yeah. We say that a lot. <laughs> we say that a on lot on the show. We really do. <laughs> we say that a whole lot. You guys, you guys got to invent a superhero. <laughs> we sure do. Uh, I, uh, we're both big guys. You know, I don't think I don't think there's any. Our, the name of the show is Fat Packs, so it's not it's right. not uncommon to think of. Uh, so you know, you remember the popular Bat Dad thing? I took that concept and made Fat Dad, and my son and my wife love it, but uh, I don't mm-hmm. think that it'll. Boil over whale to the. He put a video print. on Facebook if you guys want to check that out sometime. <laughs> All right, I'll check it out. Maybe have, uh, private plane potential for you. Oh, that's awesome, Paul. Thanks for that reference. No problem. Um, so, so when I read this, man, it it almost reads like the Monday Night Wars in the '90s with uh, the WWE and the WCW. Um, they were just looking to crush each other. So what happened that allowed Marvel to finally take that turn and get the upper hand on DC? Yeah, I mean, they put out, I guess, what a lot of people would say was a better product. Back in the 60s, Marvel introduced a lot of its superheroes, um, you know, the X-Men, the Avengers, 
Ant-Man, Iron Man, all these characters, Spider-Man, and Stan Lee and you know, people he was working with at the time just found a new way to tell superhero stories that was kind of different from what had been done before, especially by what was being done at DC. And you know, most of the DC heroes were created you know, in the early thir- I mean, the late 30s or early 40s, mm-hmm. Batman, Wonder Woman, Superman, and they had that kind of old-fashioned sensibility. They were kind of these boring do-gooders. Um, then Marvel heroes came along in the 60s, and they were much more modern. They were more like anti-heroes. They were more like human beings with personalities and right. flaws and real-world problems. And so Marvel elevated the genre. Um, I think a lot of people consider that anyway. And then they also opened up comic books to a lot of people who weren't reading comic books at the time. That is an older audience. They they attracted this mature audience. And so I think we still see that going on today You know, with... with all ages go to see the movies, not just kids. That's true. As I just that you just talked that about, I just yeah. talked about. I'm trying to get my son to go see yeah. Thor. <laughs> That's so funny. All right. So in this in the book, you almost you're doing this thing where it's almost like recounting the Cold War. So like, what's up with all the spying that was taking place between the companies, man? That sounds that sounds interesting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. To me, that was also one of the craziest things that there was actual spying, and I, I you know, I I love how like the latest issue of Plastic Man or whatever is worth committing espionage over. But to these guys, it's it crazy. It's like Bill was. Belichick was in the business. <laughs> yeah, right. He was stealing signals from DC. He, he was filming what they were doing. Um, yeah, but the, the, there's two or three stories I came across of, of, of actual spying. And the best one was in the early 70s at DC, they suspected that somebody that was working in their production department was stealing some of the information that was going around the company and giving it to Marvel or to the fanzines. And so the head of DC at the time set up this like ridiculous World War II style like counter espionage operation where he, he printed up a fake memo with fake information on it saying that DC was going to produce these 500 page giant comics. And then he took the memo and he hid it in his desk and then he left for the night. And the spy came along, presumably, after everyone had left for the day, stole the memo. And then a week or two later, Stan Lee over at Marvel is talking about, you know, hey, true believers, we're going to produce these 500-page comics. It's going to be amazing. And, you know, word leaked out to the, the newspapers that were covering the comic book industry at the time. And it was all, you know, nobody realized except the people within D.C. that it was just this, like, ruse to catch this spy. So they, they caught him this way and... But what's weird is they didn't fire him, which I find insane. They just didn't let him work nights anymore. That was that was his punishment. <laughs> that was your punishment. No nights for you. <laughs> no nights. That's yeah. actually probably a great thing to happen for that guy. You know yeah. what I mean? That's like an well, upgrade. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, you get to go home at a regular time. That's your that's your punishment. That would Paul. Crazy. That's that's the equivalent of like panini having a spy working on an upper deck or vice versa right and then they're like okay you can't be in product development anymore you have to answer phone calls and it's just yeah it's that's ridiculous that happened he, does, he doesn't get no, fired it's <laughs> so nuts that is nuts man another one of uh, part of my favorite parts of this book are the quotes man some of them are just are, are crazy like tony von Terra saying dc sucks big hairy monkey balls and uh, or the seemingly popular stance the to, to f marvel that was overheard during the premiere of the Suicide Squad. Uh, as you were putting th- this together, what were some of the more memorable quotes that that uh, you you came across from that either from either one of the companies? 
Yeah, right. I mean, it, it, at the end, it kind of surprised me for uh, you know a book about Superman and Batman, just how many F-bombs are in this thing, like, <laughs> because they're, they're all in the quotes. You know, I never wrote any of them, but yeah, there was <laughs> F-Marvel, Robert Downey Jr. said, you know, FDC, and that's what I'm about. But of all the people I interviewed, there was this artist named Neil Adams, who's probably one of the most famous artists in the comic book industry. He started in the 60s at DC, and he had a very realistic style, but he's... I don't know how old he is. He's probably in his 70s, and you know how some older people are where they just don't care anymore. And so some of the quotes he gave me were just really, really colorful. Like, I asked him what was the difference between Marvel and DC characters, and his quote was, well, the Marvel characters, all of them are assholes. (laughs) He's not wrong. Like, he's like, they're bad guys. You know, they're not heroes. Like, if you think about Doctor Strange, he really is kind of an arrogant asshole. So, yeah, you know, he really... wasn't wrong. So, basically, anything Neil Adams told me was kind of gold. That's so awesome. <laughs> that's, that's very candid. Yeah, it, it's like someone describing me in the office. It's just, it's accurate, but it's not. Yeah. <laughs> it's not inappropriate either. <laughs> that's so funny. Oh, man. All right. Well, that's funny we talk about these quotes, but. I'm sure there's a few quotes with this next question, too. So in Chapter 9, the battle kind of moves to the comic shop. So we've all spent a lot of time in these, in these shops. Like, how does that even take place? Like, what, what is the dynamics that, that, that has that happening at the comic shop? Like, what's going on there? Yeah, I'm sure. I know you guys. I'm sure you're in these card shops all the time, and you come across these people. And I think there's a lot of crossover between card collecting and comic book collecting. Because I see a lot of stores that are you know, dual comic book and card stores. And so I think there's, there's similar personalities there. But, um, yeah, the, you know, the people now who are into comics, um, because of the way the industry has gone, are the super hardcore obsessive fans. Uh, you know, I was in a comic book sh- shop maybe two weeks ago, and there was a guy there, he was probably in his 60s, and he would take the entire stack of whatever comic was off the rack, and he would go through each one looking for the perfect pristine copy mm. you know the one with the least amount of damage that he was going to buy it was like he was studying the dead sea scrolls or something <laughs> and this guy was like super obsessive so that's kind of unfortunately the only people who are left um comics used to be super mainstream you know in the 40s almost every kid in america boys and girls read comics a lot of adults did especially during world war ii but Slowly, the industry has really funneled um, into these hobby shops. You know, you can't buy comics on the newsstand anymore. And so the stories um, and the content really reflect that. And it's really hard for just a casual reader to pick up a comic book now because they're all aimed at these people who have been in the hobby for decades. So that's kind of, um, that's kind of what happened with those stores. You know, the industry really funneled all of the audience to those stores and, you know, probably for the worst, at least when it comes to their circulation. Yeah. It's uh, the comic book shops that we have around here there. There's one, there's one up the road. I won't, I won't say the name, but it's, it's a massive, you might say a little maddening there, Paul, but uh, it's, it's really big. And then around the corner from where we work, like maybe two blocks away is another very, very small comic book shop. But if you go into either one of those, you're finding the same people that, uh, either they're all in on on a character or a brand, and they want nothing to do with the other brand nothing at all. And it's it's funny to see the way they react when you when you ask them about 
in the slide of you know hey you like batman what do you think about iron man you know right. they don't like it <laughs> well it's almost like the nascar industry where you have your driver right and that's it yeah like you're either a jeff gordon guy or a jimmy johnson guy you can't talk about both in the same sentence that's very true that's very true being a being being a, UN, a unc guy do, uh, reed do you know anything about nascar <laughs> I, you know what? I don't. I grew up in Virginia too, and I I know nothing. It's, oh. it's completely escaped me. I'm sorry. That's you know, okay. Like, what am I missing? We're not. What am I missing? You're nothing. nothing. Not, you're I, grew not up, I grew up in Maryland. We didn't talk about NASCAR in Maryland. That was more of a West <laughs> Virginia thing when we were growing up. <laughs> so, all right, man. In the end, this seems like just a big a big argument, and it seems petty at times, really. Uh, like when Jim Shooter was making fun of the way Superman was landing with his toes pointed down and his legs tucked in. So this ongoing feud is really um, between Marvel and DC is really just a case of who has the bigger uh, ego. <laughs> is is that accurate to say? <laughs> yeah, exactly. My superhero is bigger than your superhero. Exactly. Um, yeah, I mean that's accurate, I guess. But I mean, I think ultimately, like everything, it kind of comes down to sales. And sure, these are companies like any other, and they want to make a profit and outsell their competitors, and they you know stoop to all these tricks sometimes to do it but um yeah i mean some of the employees over the years have taken to firing off petty shots at their arrival um when they've had the lead but uh you know which is some of the stuff i enjoy i like that gamesmanship you know it started with stan lee back in the 60s mm-hmm. where within the pages of his marvel comics you know he would take shots at dc and his readers loved it and it gave the impression that you know marvel was actually a bigger company and selling more than it actually was so it's all about sort of the attitude, I guess, like, like in you know a lot of competition and, and sports as well. Stan Lee is a as a as a character as a person is a is an interesting uh, story just in general. And then at the very beginning of your book, you you're, you tell a nice story about Stan Lee just about giving up, and then he just gives it one last shot. Can you can you recount that for us? Yeah, he. It's funny because you know Stan Lee. Uh, you know he's in his nineties now, uh, right. but it's it's easy to forget that he didn't have success really until he was you know in middle age, which is I think unusual for a lot of people. So he had joined Marvel Comics in 1940. One of his relatives ran it. He was an errand boy. You know he did a lot of writing that was sort of undistinguished for years and years. And he always dreamed that he wanted to be a novelist. That's why he used uh, a pen name, Stan Lee, instead of his real name, Stanley Lieber, because he wanted to save Stanley Lieber for his quote-unquote important work that he thought would come later. <laughs> so by the time 1960 you know, rolls around, he's been at Marvel for 20 years. He thinks it's, it, you know, the industry was trashy. He thinks this was below him. When he was at parties and people would ask him what he'd do for a living, he would lie because he was embarrassed to tell people he wrote comic books. Um, and so he is ready to quit and move on to something else. And, you know, his publisher, who was head of the company, instructs him at the time to write a new comic that basically copies what DC is doing with their Justice League comic, which bands all their heroes together. And, you know, he doesn't really want to do it, but Stanley, as he tells it, speaks to his wife. His wife tells him, well, why don't you just do something, because you don't care anymore, why don't you do something that you yourself would enjoy reading instead of what you think these kids will enjoy reading? And so he took that advice, and he got together with the artist Jack Kirby, and they came out with the Fantastic Four, um, which was you know, revolutionary at the time. It really changed the, the paradigm of superheroes. And so 
from there, everything just kind of blasted off. You know, the Hulk came and Iron Man and Spider-Man and all these other heroes, and soon Marvel was on top, and, you know, he was this pop culture celebrity. And, um, yeah, it all happened because he, he was taking one last shot, you know, like Eminem. <laughs> <laughs> nice. He said, you know what, I'm going to clean off my mom's spaghetti and this, I'm going to keep on this going. Is going. <laughs> this is going. <laughs> Exactly. Oh, man, that's funny. <laughs> All right, man. Well, look, as we wrap up here, we just wanted to mention some of the uh, endorsements that uh, that accompany Slugfest. The New York Times bestselling author uh, Scott Ziegler uh, and A.J. Men- uh, Menendez got behind this book. Uh, Kirkus Reviews as well. And Seth Meyers uh, put his name on it, too. So this is definitely a, just an awesome book, man. It's good stuff. I like it a lot. Thank it's, you. Yeah, congratulations. No, I appreciate it. Thank you, guys. All right, man. Before we let you get out of here, uh, tell our listeners how they can get a copy of Slugfest and uh, where they can find you on social media. Uh, yeah, you can get it online, of course, or at your local bookstore, Barnes & Noble, whatever that is. There's also slugfestbook.com that has links to all the places online you can get it. Um, I have a Facebook site, which is facebook.com slash slugfestbook, and I post uh, reviews and outtakes from the book there. I also have a Twitter account. It's at Reed underscore Tucker. Awesome. There you go, guys. Go Good check deal. him out, man. Because uh, I'm t- I'm reading this. Like I said, I'm I'm almost done with it. It's a fun book. It's a it's a it's a great recounting of the history. Like Paul mentioned earlier, it's a, it almost reads like a Cold War book. So it's <laughs> it's crazy. it's really cool. Um, I, thank you for coming on today, man. We really appreciate it. And uh, don't be a stranger. Let's do let's do this again uh, when you write your next book. Yeah, yeah Slugfest too. Yeah. <laughs> Awesome. Thanks a lot, Eric and Paul. It was nice chatting with you guys, and thanks for having me on the show. Thank you, sir. All right, bye-bye. All right, later. Hey, what's up? This is Chris, Chief Break Officer here at Top Shelf Breaks, and you are listening to the Fat Pack, Eric and Paul, on Beckett Radio. All right, man, read Tucker if you need him. That was a fun interview. It was. I really enjoyed it. You know, I want to go get a shirt that says, like, Team Marvel or Team DC on it. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know which one I like, though. I really don't. You don't know which one you I didn't grow up a comic book dude, so, you know, I've been watching, I mean, I've watched some of the movies, obviously, as an adult, but uh, I don't know where I stand yet. I don't yeah. know if I have a stand. Well. Lee, at all. Like, uh, I just don't know <laughs> if I have one yet, so I'll have to funny. try to, I'll have to try to, fit to uh, figure it out. Well, I'm a Marvel guy. I figure as much. I'm a Marvel guy, but. Um, I feel like Eli right now. Yeah. He seems like he was back and forth, and I think I could go back and forth. Yeah. You know? Um. You know, there's a lot of good things about Clark Kent and a lot of good things about Bruce Wayne. So Clark Kent and Superman is the ultimate immigrant story. Ah. And there's a lot of people that say that. It's not just my opinion. Right. So, uh, you know, it's fun. But Marvel's... Uh, some, who said it? Somebody said it. All those heroes, they're kind of assholes. And Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I mean, look, look at Tony I, Stark. I, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I like the... I like the uh, the anti-hero, right? Right. Uh, that's the guy I like. I, I love right. Stone Cold Steve Austin. Right. So, uh, <laughs> but you also like Deadpool. So yeah. So that that's uh that's me. Deadpool is a great. It's a complete ripoff of Dead uh, Dead Shot from DC, something like that. I don't know. It's a complete total farce, and it's awesome, and I love it. But uh, read great book, Slugfest. Go pick it up, man. It's it's a fun read. It's a good read. Um, you learn a lot. You learn a lot, man. There's a lot of history there that you just might not recognize exactly so it was it was fun i i definitely recommend it go check it out and uh don't you won't be disappointed not so at all. uh 
Reed, thank you, and you are back. You are welcome back anytime, sir. All right, man. Let's get into the Beckett, uh, the Beckett mailbag, the Fat Packs mailbag. Fat Packs mailbag. We have uh, we have probably like ten or twelve questions to get to. Dude, so bring it on, man. Here we go. You ready for this? Yeah, man. No idea. Because I, I posted it three times and three, and so it was on three different threads. Okay. But uh, we have we have some questions to get to. All right. We'll click on the first one here. Oh. Yes, the Browns are a debacle. Next question. <laughs> uh, Alex Kent wants to know, what will you be collecting this offseason baseball-wise? Rookies, autographs, Dodgers, Astros, other. Uh, I I am not a baseball guy. I don't like prospecting. So, Alex, my answer is nada. Paul. Dude, man, you got you to gotta love Bowman Chrome right now. Right now? I mean, you just have to love it, man. Austin Hayes, Yinciel, Diaz, uh, Jesus Sanchez, um, the dude at the – Stinking long name from the Oakland Athletics. I can't even say his yeah. name. It's got like 18 letters in first and last name. There's just so many guys out there right now. Um, Tavares for the Rangers. A um, lot of good young talent out there. Who's this Jesus guy you guys, you guys he's a, He's for the Rays. Okay. And uh, I think he's like 19, but dude's got good stats. Just prototypical baseball player, man. Like okay. he's, he's going to be good. And uh, yeah, man, people are buying that stuff up. So I'll, I'll probably, you know, if I, if I do anything at all, I'll stay in that, that Bowman Chrome in the Bowman draft, kind of, kind of stay in that wheelhouse. Okay, there so you go. That's where I'm at. I'm not. I mean, obviously, not being a Dodger fan or an Astro fan, the uh, the outcome last night really doesn't sway me one way or the other. Okay. So, uh, Steve Wright one Fat Packs. Hey guys, what are some of the things you PC, and what are some of the most favorite collectibles you have had over the years? Paul, I think we've answered this in some forms or fashion in the past, but uh, we have. Paul, go ahead. Yeah, um, my PC is is changed a lot over the years. I think really at this point, the only thing I really PC is my arena football stuff. Yeah, um, I do have some uh, some guys that I actually was uh, that I got to know being ball boy back in the day, back in Maryland. A couple of the JUCO guys that I knew, uh, and the coaches went on to play in arena and and do very well. So I do collect a few of those guys. Uh, my biggest thrill. Um, probably was I used to buy a lot of cases of uh, 2006 Upper Deck Arena Football. Oh, wow. I probably went through five or six cases um, because wow. John Cleo had a dual autograph in there, and there was only 35 of them, mm -hmm. and uh, just wanted to get it. And they weren't, you know, people weren't breaking it. They wasn't on eBay, so you couldn't really find it. And I actually pulled one nice. myself, which was awesome. I, I own three of the 30, three or four of the 35, and I have number three, which is his jersey number. I was able to purchase that actually okay. off of Burbank Sports Cards. Actually, what's um, up, Rob? Yeah, man, I was able to get that from him. And um, yeah, so I have like I think I have I think I have four of them of the 35. Obviously, if I ever see one, I probably buy it, but. Um, so that and a few other guys, I have a few a small box of stuff. Uh, other than that, man, I really don't I really don't PC a whole lot, you know. Just kind of, I mean, I have a couple of Sean Taylor cards and stuff like that that I just kept um, being a Skins fan and that whole tragedy. Um, but yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. Okay, so my previous answer to this would be nothing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but as we just discussed, I'm now a Carlos Hyde Prism 2017 Prism Rainbow Collector. What happened to your kicker? Oh man, he's over there. Yeah, Cunningham. Yeah, he's. I got him. I got him at the desk. Do I PC him? I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that. But I have. Uh, I have a couple of cards of his. <laughs> That's funny. Um, what else? I, I also have. Um, well, it's I. I say it's for my son, and I, I mean it on some level. It's for my son, but uh, I have a small collection of Kyle Seeger autographs. I, I when okay. I when I was working for the M's, I really liked Kyle Seeger a lot. So uh, have. Uh, some autographs of his that are put away that I say are for my son. 
the thing is, is I don't think he cares. So no, I don't think he does either. Because if it's not uh, yeah, it Pokemon was, or Marvel yeah, or something yeah, like that, he, he just, probably doesn't care. He just doesn't care. So uh, that's that's really the the. And the, I'm going to answer the second part of the question too. Uh, what have you had over the years that you, that you really? Um, oh yeah, I can answer that. Yeah, go ahead. Working for the M's, I was privy to the uh, employee discount. Nice. So. I used to buy a lot of broken bats. Okay. So they would bring up bats to uh, during the game, you know, whatever. And I, at, at any given time, I've had Kyle Seeger, uh, Dustin Ackley, John Jaso, uh, any, anybody that broke a bat that it was affordable. Like Mike Trout, I couldn't afford because they put like a five hundred dollar price tag yeah, on it. Yeah, something crazy. Yeah. So I, I couldn't afford that. But anybody that I could afford, I would I would pick them up. And uh, I don't really have any of those anymore. I've sold them all off to other guys, but. It was fun while it lasted. That's cool. I was a diehard, and I don't know how, but I was a diehard Ricky Love Ricky fan growing okay. up. And um, I had some cool stuff, man. I was able to purchase a collection of a 1980 trading or the vending box case. And I ended up getting you know, 15, 16 Hendersons out of that and uh, sent them all off. Had a couple nines, actually, which was kind of my claim to fame there for a while. But uh, nice. yeah, I kind of fell out of love with Ricky. And uh, Ricky didn't, but I kind of fell in love with Ricky. <laughs> and uh, yeah, sold them all off, whatever. But I had a pretty pretty good Ricky Henderson collection. I probably had about twelve to 1,300 different ones and uh, was rocking it for a while. Very so, nice. Very nice. That was my thing. All right, next question. Yep. Uh, from at Bustafari, uh, Luca D., Basketball class is crazy. Who's an underrated guy to look for? I mean, I th- you know I, I don't know that he's underrated, but I'm going to say uh, Dennis Smith Jr. because the Mavs are like one in seven right now, right? And I don't think they're going to get any better. And I think he's one of those rookies that's going to he's while he's really good, the, his collectability will probably fall off. Yeah, and, but but then you're going to turn around in three years, four years from now, and he's going to be the Giannis of the class. You know, it that, could. It's very, it's very true. Yeah, I know a lot of people around here are very psyched about him. He's good. Um, I think somebody that that I've heard a lot of people talk about. I don't know much about him. Is uh, and I'm going to kill his name. That's why I looked <laughs> it up to even try to look at it. But uh, Laurie Markinen. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, for the Bulls. Yeah. Uh, just you know, he's playing. He's playing well, and I think just from a collectible collectability standpoint people really like him so sure i think that he's really got a shot if he does anything at all um to to, to kind of to fly under the radar a little bit and uh and have some value at the end of the year i think so too it's uh he's, he's a good player man he, he was you know one of those top 10 lottery picks and he's good yep he's real good but yep. the bulls are again a bad team they are a bad team and but it gives them a chance to shine i guess yep. on darren, some level darren fox is another one that comes to mind again part of that really nice rookie class but he's just on a bad team. But on a bad team. So, so we'll see what uh, we'll see who's still standing. I mean, Foltz is already hurt, right? Yeah, Foltz is hurt. Yeah, um, Ball's playing pretty well. Um, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see where it all ends up. Okay. Um, I feel like we've answered this next question a couple of times in a, in a, in a few different ways. But uh, the angriest Chad, Chad R. What was the card or set that got you into collecting? Oh, 1986 tops. 86 tops. Went to a birthday party. And uh, got a pack of cards in a goodie bag. Okay. And I was like, this is so cool. And uh, I think I think the dude I got in there that I remember was Rick Dempsey. And obviously, growing up in Maryland, I was an Orioles fan. And, uh, yeah, that was just good stuff, man. I remember lining them up and, and looking at them and reading the stats. And I was always a numbers kid. I, I love numbers. 
And uh, that pretty much put me over the top. Sweet. Uh, 87 tops. Wood okay. Green, Bo Jackson. There you go. Future Stars. Future Stars. That's, that's a great that's card. That's what it was. And I still love that set. And I still will pick up a Bo Jackson from time to time. Just like if I'm at a show or whatever and it's in a dollar box or a 50 cent box or something. Yeah. I'll pick one up. Yeah. I'm not, not afraid to. Not afraid to. <laughs> so, uh, Bono's bargains. Exactly. Th- those were my, uh, that, that was mine. That was uh, 86 tops was Paul's. All right. Uh, Ken Kinsley, Bing's Ball Card Blog. What's up, Ken? Who are the top Series 1 young guns to collect? I think Brock and Nino. Uh, is it Nico or Nino? I think it's Nico. Uh, those are the guys. Those are the okay. two ones. That, those are the ones that you want. Um, my, my fear with uh, Upper Deck Series 1. As I think is everybody else's fear, as it gets released on EPAC, the prices on these things are going to be driven down. Seems that way. So uh, if that's if that holds true, because right. the last few seasons it's been like that. So uh, those are the guys you want to get, Ken. Obviously, I think you know that, you scallywag. 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 You just want to see if I knew. And I don't know this year. <laughs> I don't know hockey this year. I don't know it yet. The thing is, but I got to learn real quick since we're going to, yeah, to Toronto. Toronto. Um, these guys, this class right here is probably the best class probably over the next at least two seasons. Okay, okay. I mean, it's this is the best of it this season. So you might as well you you want to jump on it now. Okay, because the next couple of seasons, unless something just miraculous happens, no upper deck next week, two weeks coming out right. The ninth comes out the ninth. Okay, sweet. checklist came out yesterday. I haven't examined the whole thing. Okay, but uh, okay. comes out. Uh, came out yesterday so i gotta look at it today and sweet figure it out we're busting out in toronto i guess i would yeah. imagine we'll get some yeah okay. uh i know that we're supposed to get a case of it actually to give it away give it, to away, give it away give it away yeah uh again courtesy of universal distribution hooking it so uh we'll be doing pack wars and and, and uh, awesome. stuff like that with it good deal brian from Mont- montana at card underscore a Dude, shout out to montana montana card <laughs> Cardaholic with a question. How does this is a question for you? Because I mean, I, I can kind of answer it, but you're you're the you're the guy that does this more than me. How does Beckett grade autos, and what do they look for? Man, the auto thing. I, you know, a lot of people complain that oh, why is this a nine? Why is this an eight? Why is this a nine? Why is this an eight? I think what people forget is the auto itself could look good. Where people fail is you know these guys sign them and they put them on top of each other, so the backs of the cards actually get ink on them a lot. Sure. And I think that's that's part of the the fail system that that people run into is that there's just a ton of marks and ink on the back. And obviously, if it's off card, that they're going to take off or off the sticker. Right. You know, th- those are two big things that they take off. But for the most part, man, getting a ten isn't that difficult as yeah. long as it's just a normal signature. Um, the problem comes in is when the guys are sloppy or, or the smears on the back or whatever. Um, and then, you know, obviously it'll drop pretty significantly depending on what's wrong with it. So, a smudge in the auto will get you. Yeah, smudge. A streaky, a streaky pen. A streaky pen's or awful, marker. man. Yeah. Like, I know Derek, uh, what's his name? Uh, guy last year, Derek Henry. Mm-hmm. He signed a bunch of stuff. Um, I think they were the National Treasures of the Immaculate. I can't remember which one for Panini. And pretty much, like, the whole run is just done with this pen that's running out. Oh. And I don't even know if there is a 10 auto in any of that that stuff. So um, it makes it tough. You know, it's it's kind of a uh, – it's hard to uh, hard to prevent, I guess. You know, these sure. guys um, trying to sign on the little stickers. Obviously, the right. stickers are small, and if they have some kind of flamboyant, you know, deal that they do or they want to add their number or they want to do something else, it's not going to fit, and you're always going to end up with that problem. Leonard Fournette ran into that problem this year. David it, Robinson is – yeah, he runs into he yeah. runs off the bottom of the sticker. Fournette runs off the side because the L is so big, right? And it doesn't even look like an L by the time he's done trying to sign on the sticker. Right. So, 
um, you know, it's tough. It's tough, but uh, yeah, you just want to. The key thing is, as long as it looks tight, and then just check the the front, you know, the front and the back car. Make sure there's no other ink spots on there, and that'll uh, that should help you out. All right, there you go. Uh, Pokey S. Pumpkins, Pokey the Brave at Pokey the Brave. All right, love the name, Pokey S. Pumpkins. All right, uh, is it just me? And no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> or or are on card player autographs getting ridiculously illegible? Yes. Yeah, they're, all the autographs are getting illegible. Yeah, they are. And the guys are, I think part of it is they're, the demand to sign so many of them. I mean, think about it just on an individual basis. Like, just sit at your desk at work today or wherever you're at and write your name 100 times. Right. Just do it. One, it's going to, you know, the first 10 are going to look totally different than 90 through 99. You know what I mean? Right. And I think these guys are asked to sign four, five, six, ten thousand 10,000 autographs at one time. I, I, you know, I don't necessarily blame them. You know, yes, they're getting paid to do it, but I get where they get sloppy and where they get, you know, unreg- un- un- unlegible. And then I get where they start put their initials. You know, I get it. it, it yeah, they're getting bad. Uh, so every time, like if you watch our Boxbusters videos out there, guys, you will see Paul and I react <laughs> to these kind of things. <laughs> and uh, when we see when we see clear legible autographs. We always get pumped, and it's really rare. <laughs> yeah, it is rare. So it is, but again, you know, yourself, just write, write your, write your own signature a hundred times and see what it looks like. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's not easy to do. All right. Uh, next question from Wicked Mikey eighty seven. Uh, what's your thoughts on the recent UD the Cup misprints? Uh, they misspelled premium. What? They misspelled premium. <laughs> Oh. And it's not. It sounds it's, like I did the QC form because <laughs> <laughs> I misspell that word all the time. You know, uh, yeah, here's what. Okay, so it's a high end product. I get it. It is very and high end. It's yeah. so when it's something that high end, it's going to be very noticeable, right? But I, I don't, I don't, I don't fault them. I mean, it's is it is a look? Is it a bad look? Yeah. Is it the end of the world? No. no. You know. I mean, I mean, think about. It. And I'm not picking on People Magazine or, or any of these other magazines that you would find at the grocery store, but. Read through those, man. Yeah. There's all kinds of typos and errors and, and stuff. I mean, it happens, and those are huge companies putting out mass pro- mass produced items. You know, sure. so something's gonna like that's gonna gonna flip through and slip it, through the cracks. You know, I before E except after well except after if they're doing it. You know right. what I mean? Like, and they put it the wrong way. Here, here's the thing, Mikey. I'm a horrible speller. Me too. I I, I I'm horrible at it. And for somebody who writes for you know for fun and everything like that and they man i have everything that you can think of like the the spell check grammarly everything every, i have three or four backups to make sure i don't misspell something so to be honest with you i would probably never caught that right and, they, yeah i wonder i'm sure they have those systems in place too it just i don't know could yeah. have been a last second switch or something i don't know yeah. okay a couple more here just a couple more uh, there's another one for about the premium. Uh, what's the best strategy for selling cards over a hundred dollars or other online sport? Oh, hold on. What is the best strategy for selling cards over a hundred dollars on eBay or other online spots? Uh, strategy. Strategy. Best strategy. I mean, one of the, a lot of people have kind of resorted to you know auctions on eBay or, or any of the sites are are risky. Yeah, you know, if you're not putting a reserve, you start at ninety nine cents or, or, or twenty bucks or whatever, and you want to get a hundred, hundred and twenty five dollars for your card, it is definitely a risk involved. Definitely, um, yeah. you know, that might end up at seventy or eighty or something like that. I think the the safest bet nowadays is to you know you post it on eBay at like one fifty or best offer, you field offers until you get what you want. 
you know, negotiate with a few people. Um, you know, maybe you're able to negotiate that card at a hundred if they take another card on your site, you know, so sure. you can kind of piggyback it with something else that you have. Save, save your buyer on shipping, um, give them a better deal by hooking up with a couple cards rather than just the one. Um, but you know, if, if you guys are out there on Facebook and, and Twitter and Instagram and all those different places, now people sell cards, just be careful. Yeah. You know, it's not even about the, 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 the value, just know who you're dealing with on the other end. Um, as far as with, with your PayPal and with your address and stuff like that. So, you know, not to be doom and gloom, but just be, just be careful, you know, make sure you're selling to reputable people. Yeah. Um, that's the biggest thing, but yeah, I, w- I would just do best, uh, buy it now, best offer on eBay and, uh, just negotiate it. That's really the best way to do it. Um, maybe not jump at the first offer that comes in. Yeah. I don't you know. jump. Yeah. I don't, yeah. You know, be a little bit patient. Um, and then just, you know, the way, weigh, weigh your odds and, and try to, you know, try to, to couple it with something else that you might have on your site and make everybody happy. There you go. There you go. Um, there's another question. I'm looking for it. It's getting drowned by all these. I just entered the cup giveaway uh, tweets. So oh, that's funny. I'm finding it. It was from uh, Jeff Money Loan Cards. Uh, what's up, Jeff? He had a question. I want to get it right. How are you feeling, Jeff? Man, you doing all right? I hope he's feeling Tweet good. Tweet us. Last, I hope you're feeling better. Dude. Last time, last time we saw him, he wasn't. Uh, he was. He was limping around and humping around. Uh, <laughs> I think he was. I think he was the first, maybe. Yeah. Oh, it's a song. I'm sorry. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, there we go. There we. Go. Uh, so, outside of Beckett Media, what were Eric and Paul's favorite and least favorite jobs? Wow, that's a good question. That's a good question. Wanted to get it right. And get to know the fat packs. Yeah. All right. So, I worked at a bagel place for a day. One day. It was awful. One day. one day, I walked in four thirty in the morning, five o'clock, some stupid hour in the morning. They were, you know, teaching how to make bagels and the egg sandwiches and do all this stuff. And I was supposed to be an assistant manager, like I got hired as a manager to be there. Yeah, and I was just like, you got to be kidding me. So you know, the day goes on, whatever. I got through it. You know, it's more customer service oriented, whatever. So I, I got, I was like, all right, it's okay. Then, no joke. They told me because I was I had a setup where I was getting off at two and I was going to work for my buddy at the local card shop from three to whatever time he closed seven or eight o'clock. Sure. And I was going to do that and just live my life. I was single doing whatever. They told me that they were going to transfer me after one day to a sh- to a, another bagel place that was like I don't know twenty some miles away. Uh oh. And I was like, uh, okay. They're like, all right, see you tomorrow. I'm like, all right. And then I went home. I started thinking about it and I said, forget it. And I just didn't go back. <laughs> I just didn't go back. They sent me a piddly paycheck for $72 or something like that for the one day I worked like mm. three weeks later. Mm. I just didn't go back. I just was, I was upset with the fact that they were going to transfer me after one day. I was like, whatever. Like, that's not what I got hired for. So mm. I didn't go back. So that's probably my worst job experience okay. outside of that. All right. Um, my best job experience sure. was probably running the restaurant back home, man. Um, before I moved to Texas, I was running a place called Expectations and, it's a great restaurant, man. Yeah. Expectations.com, little shout out if you're on the East Coast, Maryland and Virginia. Um, You've told me about this a lot, and I really want to go because I like Eggs Benedict. Oh, man, we had like 13, 13 different, different kinds. Ones, man. Yeah. It, was just, it was just a great place, man. We had breakfast all day long, and but we had a full bar, appetizers, TVs, uh, event rooms. Because who doesn't want some scrambled eggs and a Corona, right? I mean, well, <laughs> let me tell you something. It happens all the time. We were right by a uh, hospital. Okay. So all the nurses would get off, you know, male nurses, female or whatever, and they'd come over seven o'clock in the morning and they would get a steak because it was their dinner. They'd right. Get their steak and they get their Coronas and then some of them would be like, "Screw it, I'm getting an omelet and a, a whiskey sour." So you, you know, whatever. It just uh, it all worked out. Well, so, but it was it was a lot of fun, man. Great people there. 
um, you know, I had like a hundred employees or whatever. It was just fantastic. So, uh, shout out to those guys. That was probably my favorite. Okay. So my turn, I guess. Yeah. Um, I've had plenty of time to think about yeah, it. Yeah, I have. And I've actually had more than time than you. I've, I've thought about this for like, that's true. I just found out about this question. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've thought about this probably for 10 hours or so. Um, man, it's a tough question. Cause I was in the military for so long. Okay. So like, that was what I really knew growing up. Uh, I did I did work in restaurants a lot because uh, family friends owned restaurants. Okay, so we it was hey you want to you want to do dishes and then like so we would start at dishes and then we like, you know move did, around. Did they pay you with food? No, they actually paid us. They oh, okay. paid us money. So we'd start at dishes and you know, we'd we'd move to you know fry cook. We moved you know to you know busboy whatever. Right. Uh, that that happened a lot. I don't so, so but my I think my least favorite job in Probably my favorite job outside of Beckett. Honestly, I worked for uh, J.C. Penney's Hanging Draperies. Okay, and it was cool and horrible on so many different on levels. so many different levels. Like, and I know this is a this is a family friendly show typically, so uh, <laughs> I'll 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 word this very eloquently. I was amazed at the amount of uh, attractive women who forgot to put. Articles of clothing on. Oh, when they open the door for you to <laughs> yeah, yeah. hang the draperies. I got gotcha. you. Exactly. Uh, like, that was always interesting. Was that code for something? No, no. It was <laughs> It was like, oh, my gosh. You know, and then uh, it, it happened more than once. That's funny. It probably happened more than it should have happened. That So as a young 20-year-old you know, twenty year old kid, uh, that was always interesting to uh, to walk in on or be invited into yeah. like when you, when you open the door and you're expecting somebody and it's somebody completely different. Right. Right. That's always interesting. That but then, interesting. and then, uh, like also we had one customer who led to several other customers. So we had Rob Blake who used to play for the avalanche and the okay. Kings and everything. Okay. And that read that, that led to several other avalanche players getting, Draperies from JC Penney. So okay. we used to go to a lot of athletes' homes, cool. and uh, that never led to anything. But it was cool to be in these, you know, mansions. Right, right, right. So seeing that, like, dang, but don't put a hole in the wall in the exactly. wrong place. Exactly. Yeah. But then, uh, so that was that was the cool part about it. the The bad part about it was that it was just the exact opposite, where people were sometimes hard to deal with. Oh, you know, I'm sure they know. were snooty and yeah. had to look exactly right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I got gotcha. you. Which, you know, if you're paying for it, I get it. But, you know, right. you know I'm, I'm just here. I'm, I got a drill and a, you know, and a ladder. That's all I really have. I don't right, know. right. Just <laughs> it, eyeing it up. It's not. So, so the way it would work was the designer would go in before us and they would take measurements. And, well, if the designer doesn't know how to use a tape measure oh, or anything like that, the, the measurements could be off. And, fail. you know, Naturally, we would take the brunt of that, and I understand that. But right. uh, as a 20-year-old kid, I, I didn't care. Right, yeah. <laughs> That's funny. So it was b- both the best and the worst. I, and uh, the Army, you guys have heard me talk about this a lot. It was fun. I, I'm, I'm glad I did it. I'm glad for the experience. But it, the military is not for everybody, and I'm not one of those guys that's that's like, oh my god, I served and yada yada yada, and I'm entitled. Yeah. And that's just not me, right? Uh, and you're not like signing up Eli already for exactly. like ROTC, uh, exactly. Junior high. It was fun. <laughs> it was fun while it lasted. I had had a good time. I'm happy for the experience, but it is what it is. It's over with, and I've moved on with my life. There you go. Uh, how oddly enough, though, I did write a paper in college about how I thought mandatory mandatory service is should be required. 
There you go. And I do think mandatory service should be requ- required because I think it, ins- it what if nothing else it instills a lot of values in you. You that know. and you should always have to wait tables at some yeah. point in your life. Yeah, so you should know that your yeah. ranch dressing is not that important. Right. So, exactly. Uh, those uh, are two things we agree completely upon. There you go. <laughs> so. um, let me add one thing real quick. Okay. Because I now that well, we're kind of on a tangent, but uh, dude, I had a job when I was twenty twenty one years old, uh, one hour photo place. Oh. Developing one hour photo. Nope. No. No. The people that would forget that someone actually has to look at these photos mm-hmm. that you would take of yourself or others yep. together um bizarre bizarre stuff man and that was just a crazy job man megan crazy crazy job my beautiful wife megan has done the same thing okay and she's told me the same stories and i'm we were, we were we were such a crazy place we were a frame shop a ups outlet so we did shipping we did one hour photo we sold trinkets and, and toys and stuff and it was bizarre man we had some some crazy pictures of stuff it was cool when they were like the the guys like that were taking pictures of new houses or sure. the new developments or whatever that were going up and the, some of the helicopter photos and stuff we got to see was really cool. But then, you know, what they did after hours, I just didn't want to, didn't want to know. About. Yeah. Didn't want to know about speaking of helicopter photos. What's up, Emily. Uh, thank you again very much for being on last week. She and might be flying over us right she, now yeah, as we I'm, speak, I'm heading say, down to Houston. Head, coming down to Houston and, and doing the parade, man. If you guys have not taken advantage of that 30% off code, I don't know how long she's going to run it for, but 30% off in her store, uh, Fat Packs. I ordered myself a Cleveland hat, and uh, I hope you guys go take advantage of it because th- that artwork is awesome and those that apparel is awesome as well. Okay, that is going to be it for the Beckett mailbag or the Fat Packs mailbag. We're going to close it up, and uh, we'll come back to it. We need a cool s- s- like a cool sound. For like <laughs> or I can make that like happen. Yeah, we need to do that. I can make that happen, uh, but we'll be next time. Okay. All right, guys. Uh, hang tight. We'll be right back with a little bit of Beckett whatever. We're going to talk about the World Series last night and the Cleveland Browns. This is Eric Morton, co-host of Beckett Radio, and you're listening to the number one sports collecting podcast in the world, home of the Fat Packs. All right, guys, we're back after that quick break. Uh, I always say that. I'm going to need a new lead-in. Was it really quick? It was quick uh, this particular time. <laughs> <laughs> this particular time, it was quick. I need a new lead-in, though, so uh, I'll come up with something. Uh, I, mean, I don't think that'll work. But that, that was a little scary, a little actually. <laughs> that was a little scary. You, you, you can't come into a podcast segment and you're like, that, yeah. that doesn't work? It, I mean, it might work. We might have... <laughs> I don't know, man. Mike is a different crowd. I tell you what, uh, <laughs> I've, I've heard that sound before, and I'll tell you where I've heard it. I've heard it when Chris Keller is trying to describe the monsters that he's pulling from Top Shelf Breaks as he's getting tongue-tied. <laughs> I don't know which one it is. Ah, man, he pulled That's a so funny. He pulled a huge card last week and uh, last weekend on his uh, his uh, Blitz mixer. Okay, it was a triple tag booklet. Okay. Of Jared Goff, Carson Wentz, and then somebody else. Somebody else. But he's doing those every weekend. Sweet. He's got crazy, crazy stuff going on right now. Uh, he, he's also breaking a Panini Prism tonight. He's breaking a whole case of it. So it's a tiered team thing. Cool. I, I'm i looking for these Carlos Hyde, so I might have to you get, have to get, get it. it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Try to find San Francisco. There you go. in every San Francisco, every break, San Francisco from, break from here to San Francisco. I'm going to complete this rainbow, <laughs> damn it. It's going to happen. <laughs> gonna happen <laughs> oh, oh let's talk about uh what do you want to talk about the first world series of the browns i'll let you pick uh i mean the world series i mean obviously it was a great great series um 
last night's game was probably the, one of the more boring games, I think, of, you, the, yeah, of the series. You I didn't so. quite have that epic finish I think people were looking for. But let's be honest, these guys got to be tired. Yeah. And the emotional drain that they've had over these last few games just, just to get to that point, you know. Um, but, you know, kudos to the Astros, man. They had to go in into L.A. and, and take care of business. And uh, good for them. They did. Good for them, you know. I'm not uh, an Astros hater. Are you an Astros? No, hater? I'm not an Astros hater. Okay. I, know, I know a lot of Texas Ranger fans are Astros haters, yeah. but I'm not a Texas Ranger fan either. So it doesn't really matter one way or the other. No, I'm not a not a hater at all. I mean, obviously, you know, people are coming out. You know, with all the tragedy that they've gone through, this is sure. great for the community. Blah blah blah, um, which is good. You know, that's good. Good as well. Um, I don't know, man. They're a young team. I think they're going to be around a while. Solidify that pitching staff up. Sign those guys up and. You know, we'll be talking about uh, Houston for a while. Well, one thing we do have to talk about collectability-wise is that Sports Illustrated magazine that came out in 2014 that predicted the 2017 Astros would win the Oh, World that's Series. right. That's right. That's pretty cool. And, um, man, it's selling for upwards of $1,000 right now. Is it really? It's ridiculous. That's so funny, man. They're going to start doing that all the time now. I think so. I mean... Just, just wild predictions or whatever. I mean, it's going to be a matter of time, probably 160 days or so until around spring training. And someone comes back from spring training with a complete team signed Sports Illustrated, 20, 2014 Sports Illustrated, with a complete team signed World Series cast. That would be pretty cool. It's going to be massive. I know who has a couple over there in grading. His name is Weston. And, uh, he has a couple of them, yeah, really? he has a couple of them. Oh, wow. He has one signed by, I think it's George Springer on the front. or It's either Springer or Correa. Okay. But he's got, he's got whoever it is, he's got a signed uh, by him. He'll he's, be the first person to do it then. Yeah, he should, probably will. He's going to take he's a week off. He's off the next couple of days, yeah. right? Is he heading down to the parade, maybe? <laughs> maybe. Maybe. So, no, man, I don't know. Those things are, are just selling crazy. And But who would who would think to save something? Who? I've never saved a magazine I can think of. No, I mean, but it's a thing. People collect these things. And yeah, they collect. Yeah, magazines are a big deal. Wow, it's crazy. So newspapers, all that stuff. If you kept one of those, man, congratulations for the foresight to do so because man, you're not uh, going to get one now. Yeah, you're not, not cheap. Not, anyway. not for cheap, anyways. And these are unsigned, unencased, thousand dollars. Jeez. Insane. That's a lot of Buffalo Wild Wings. That is. That is <laughs> a, a lot, lot of Buffalo, Buffalo Wild Wings. Wings. Could be fun, man. Um, the World Series was great. That game, well, it was that was the worst of the games. Right. I agree with you, right? Because it was over. It was over pretty much before it started. Yeah, you kept thinking though, since the other the, the back and forth they've had, that you thought the Dodgers were gonna to do something, and they left a lot of guys on base, but they just never got that that one or two hits to kind of put them back in the game to where you know put any pressure at all on Houston again. And uh, yeah, it was over. I uh, I saw I read something where. The Astros batters were were tipping off you Darvish's pitches, and <laughs> Jeez, I mean, he got pulled out of out of the second, right? So uh, yeah, I think he made it to the second somehow. But um, yeah, he got he got tagged a lot. He sure um, did. I saw some some guys put on Facebook. It was kind of funny. They said, "Put up some you Darvish uh, autographs and tag me in them." <laughs> and a guy responded, uh, "Hugh's been tagged enough tonight. Yeah, <laughs> we probably don't need to do that anymore to him." <laughs> so That's, I think you know what? I, out of everybody who played in the World Series, I think you Darvish comes away the worst in collecting because he. he I'm, He's just not good right now. <laughs> well, and, and the part of the problem is I know, like, you know, if, if you live out in this area, you, you would understand it, but the Ranger fans really don't like Houston fans at right, all. Right. Like, there's just this rivalry between the Rangers and, and the Astros, and I don't understand it because I'm a newbie here. But think about this. You Darvish was pitching for the Rangers. Right. He left and went to the to the Dodgers, Dodgers. right? Yep. And then he helped the Dodgers lose <laughs> the right. World Series to who? 
the, the Astro. Astro. So yep. Hugh Darvish is like mud around here. Yeah, I think, he's now. he is definitely the goat. Not the greatest of all time, but he's the goat in the situation. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, don't feel bad for him at all. <laughs> no, no, he's a. Uh, He's very, he's very, I mean, it's fine. You know, it is what it is. You know, I, I don't, can't begrudge him. Game seven of the World Series, man. That's right. a lot of pressure. It's a lot of pressure. And the Astros are good. Yeah. You know, they're not playing the Bad News Bears. So. And I want you to look at the look at the, that list of names. Not that we haven't seen this list for the last three years, but Springer and Altuve and. Bregman's uh, a rookie Bregman, for Pete's yeah, sakes. Those guys are going to shoot back up yep. if they haven't already. And from the time that the game ended last night until this right now, it's. Uh, I, I bet Brian Fleischer is going to be over there just pricing away. <laughs> <laughs> As he has to be. Yeah. As he has As to be. As he has to be, yeah. I think that's why he shut the door already. Uh, probably. So, uh, so congratulations, Houston Astros, Houston Astros fans, uh, Houston Astros collectors. I think you guys uh, made out pretty well. And leading into the break, it's going to be uh, all Astros all the time probably. There you go. I think so. I agree. All right. Let's talk about these sad-ass Browns, man. <laughs> I mean, does it get much worse than that? Man, how is this team still allowed to be a team? I mean, <laughs> I don't know. They've made some just such horrible decisions. And this decision is just awful because it affects so many people. Sure. You know, I mean, here you've got the mentality that you're going to bring in A.J. McCarron right. to be your starter. Right. Um, he's a good backup in, in, in Cincinnati to come in to be your starter which that means that your last two picks of Kessler and Deshaun Kaiser, you've pretty much already given up on. Yep. Right? If you're bringing in this dude, backup quarterback, to be your starter, right? You've given up on these guys, right? You've already gone through the RG3 thing and cut him and done that whole thing. You've been through Hoyer. You've been through all these quarterbacks. So now you're going to bring in A.J. McCarron. And then all of a sudden, you mess up the paperwork. You can't get the paperwork And right. it doesn't go through. So now, think about being Deshaun Kaiser. What is he thinking? Like, you already gave up on me, but now I got to go out and start on Sunday. Right. Like, well, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, how are how is he excited about going out there and starting? I mean, unless he's drinking. But how is he going out there and doing that? You know what I mean? Like, I just, I don't understand how you would do that to a team. And to even to A.J. McCarron, who, you know, obviously he was going to go to the Browns. I don't know if he was excited about it or not, but I'm sure, you know, he's already making plans in his life and, and changing things up and whatever. And to, to go and... You know, now he's not going anywhere. Right. Who's behind us? Priscilla. Is Priscilla waving at us? Yeah, she's waving at us. Awesome. So she's, uh, I don't know why she's waving at us, but she's waving Does at she us. She need to come in here. Come no. on, Priscilla. Come now on. Now she's putting her nose against the wall. It's kind <laughs> of funny. What's up, Priscilla? Wait, we are on the air. We're recording live. Yeah. Right now. As she, co- as she coughs. Yep. She's coming to tell us. What are you, what are you coming it's to our, tell us? It's our, the Toronto Trio. It's the Toronto Trio. What's up? Wait, like for real life? Yeah, yeah, like for real like life. Like for real life. Like, yeah. Like, I know you're sad. Because you're very you're, sad. Because he's a huge Dodger fan, and I know you're sad. Your eyes look a little puffy. I, I know. get it. We don't have to talk about that. We can talk about something else. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. What do you want to talk about? This is Beckett Whatever. So this it's is perfect timing. This is perfect time for you. Would it be a perfect time for you to plug whatever we're doing at the Toronto Expo? What do you have planned for us magazine-wise? Uh, Magazine-wise, well, we're going to have all the latest issues of, you know, Beckett Hockey, Baseball, et cetera, et cetera, and the newest <laughs> hockey price guidebook that just came out, like, a week ago or so. Yeah, it came out a week ago. Perfect. Yeah, I believe Austin Matthews is on the cover, so. Well, there you go. Awesome. Yeah. No, awesome. he's not on the cover. It's Leon Dreisaitl. No, that's the hockey magazine. Oh, the hockey. So we're talking about the book. The yeah. book. Oh, the, the book. The big okay. book. Okay, yeah. all right, cool. Yeah. All right, so Dreisaitl's on the cover of the magazine. 
Matthews is on the cover of the book, and uh, you're here with us. We we were we just talked about the World Series, but as a Dodgers fan, lifelong, taking you to the stadium, you pops. What's up, pops? I love that guy. How do you feel this morning? Oh well, I mean, obviously I feel sad, but I mean, <laughs> I'm grateful that you know they went to the World Series. They took it to Game Seven. I mean, both teams wanted it just as bad. Oh, yeah, for sure. But, I mean, I guess the Astros just wanted it a little more. I wish you guys could see her face and how dejected she looks. <laughs> <right laughs> she was <now>. very dejected. <laughs> she does. She's not happy. The, what we talked about earlier before you walked in was the fact that mm-hmm. all their emotions were spent from both teams, you know what I oh, mean, God. to go into this game. And I just think, you know, there was nothing left, you know, and the Astros came out and got a few hits, and that was it. There was no way. There was not enough in the tank for the for the Dodgers to come back and win that. So, it's okay. unfortunate. Let's get back. Let's get back to the Toronto thing because right. we have that redemption set that we mentioned earlier. Uh, do you know? Can you can you share with us who's in the redemption set? Oh, in the redemption yeah, the set. Yeah, me- are we doing the metal cards? Is that what we're doing? Yeah, or? we're doing the metal cards. I know Austin Matthews is for sure one. Okay. Um, God, what's the other two? I'm not entirely sure. Are they older guys, newer guys? Do you remember? Are they all Toronto guys? They're 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 all yeah they're all Toronto Maple Leafs. Okay, so and they're all new. Okay, so it's gonna be Matt, probably Matthews Nylander and yes. uh, Marner. Marner. Okay. There you go. Yeah. Okay, so there you got a three three card metal redemption set there. Um, let's it, go ahead. Oh no, it's a ten card regular set, right? Ten, ten card yeah. regular set. They redeem that. They come to the booth. They redeem that, and they get the metal set. Uh, we're only limited a supply, right? Like only 250 sets are going up. Yeah, 250 for the entire show. Uh, you'll also be entered into a raffle. Okay. To win products. Um, what, what's the word I'm looking for? That Universal is actually providing yeah, us with. Right. So. I think we have a case of Series One to give away or something yeah. like that. Man, that's so. huge. Can we enter? Oh, we never get to enter. Do we, we never get to enter. But Dang. the fun thing is, is, we get to watch kids open cards against Priscilla and. <laughs> she doesn't she can't she doesn't have fun with it it's like an epic <laughs> fail yeah it was at the national too that's yeah. okay that's okay so uh awesome are you ready for toronto yeah i'm ready are you ready to go to jack astor's like nine times yeah actually <laughs> you ready to go to the raptors game oh i'm really excited let's i hope i run into drake because you know <laughs> <laughs> that's my honey <laughs> if he only knew <laughs> We got to tweet at him before we go. Yeah, we got to tweet him before we go. Uh, so one last thing before we get off the air here is uh, the Hockey Hall of Fame is happening happening next week, and your guy, Tammy Solani, is getting entered into the Hall of Fame. He's getting inducted. So uh, how do you feel about that? How do you feel about getting Tammy in there? Um, very happy, actually. Yeah? Well, clearly you would. I mean, yeah, I mean, my, my dad's a huge, huge fan, So and he gets his autograph all the time. So, oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Very cool. So um, we can't go to the ceremony because it's on Monday. Yeah. So is there any chance that you kind of like stow away maybe a day late and try to get into the ceremony? We can. We can like <laughs> miss our flight, you know. <laughs> it's true. It is customs, Toronto. You never know. Things could happen. That's oh. right. Things oh. could happen. That, that's, that's true. That's very true. It's true. No one no one knows. That's exactly. very true. So. All right. So uh, the key lessons from today's uh Second interview with Priscilla. One is uh, we'll, <laughs> we will miss our flight. We'll miss our flight. We'll uh, miss our flight. We'll just not file the paperwork correctly. It works yeah, for the Browns exactly. apparently, so we'll just do that for the, for uh, the tickets. Drake should stay at his compound at all times. No, he yes, should not. He should, he should definitely yes. come out. Yes. <laughs> uh, and we're gonna have a pretty awesome redemption set and products to give away. So yes, we go. are. Thanks for the very impromptu uh, 
conversation. You're welcome. That you were looking at that. You were stalking us like you were stalking, you're going to be stalking Drake. <laughs> yeah, she was. She was doing that. She was. Little Sir I'm going to tell you, action. though, don't put your nose against the glass when you see Drake. You might not like that. No, right? you're right. You might not like but that. I'm still cute. <laughs> so, okay, before we go, what would happen if you saw Drake? Oh. Like, if you're, if you're within arm's reach of Drake, what, what's going to happen? I may faint. <laughs> so we should be ready to pick her up or off the floor. I may cry. I, I don't know. I don't know. All right. Okay. Wow. Mixed emotions. Yeah. yeah. Very mixed emotions. I mean, what would you do if you saw, like, you know, like a famous person that you love? What would you do? That I love? Yeah. See, I don't, I don't that have That you're a huge know. fan of. Uh, Rosaria Dawson? Yeah, what would you do? Oh, man. After... After I changed my shorts, I would. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, you know I've been put in that situation before, where I've been I've seen celebrities and things. It, it's not a big deal. It's not you, yeah. you, if you treat them like people, they'll treat you like people. So yep. that, maybe that's the thing. Maybe don't faint. Just be like like no sell it. Just like, yeah. give like, them a little nod. Like yeah, I know who you are, but you no, don't know I'm who like, I am, and you need to find out. <laughs> 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 be confident. <laughs> You could do that. Yeah, I'll ask him to marry me. That's just, that might be a little forward, but you yeah, never know. You know. Remember that time when we couldn't go back to Canada anymore? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we were banned. We were banned from we were, Canada. We were banned. Or the time Priscilla didn't come back because he said yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, more room on the plane for us. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. All right, we got to get out of here because yeah, we have uh, work to do. Uh, thanks for hanging out this week, and until next week, just keep listening. Cue the Drake. <laughs>